0: Do you need to turn yourself up okay do I need to turn myself up?
1: um I think you sound all right okay uh, but let's turn i we'll turn us both up anyway. easy enough here we go.
0: Hello and welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we simplify the good life and blow out your eardrums. My name is Brock Dittis.
1: I'm Aaron Flores, apologizing from the People's Republic of Portland, (laughs) nestled in the heart of Cascadia.
0: We are the show that brings you somewhat amplified conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally, with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way.
1: Covering bicycling, trains and transit, and simpler living, and today... Holy shit! Trademark. Three hundred episodes. Yes, sir. Oh,
0: that's right. Oh my god! Brought to you mostly by this sort of thing. Uh, this is this has been a good run of it, and I am glad to be here at episode three hundred. How are you?
1: I'm doing I'm doing well. I just finished my my own mo- personal monologue. That's right. We did this. monologues.
0: Because uh, the past couple times that we've reached a big milestone episode, we've done big things, big live events.
1: We did a live show, and so we thought, what is the opposite of a live show?
0: Not a live show.
1: (laughs) The two of us on our own uh, in a closed room.
0: You can go big or you can go home, and we decided for episode 300 to go home. We went home. Yeah, so (laughs) it's been four and a half years of uh, podcasting, and what was it? It's... uh, 300 episodes for me, 200 for you. Yeah. Plus ephemera, plus like whatever it is that we do outside yeah, we're of little the... little extra uh, things that we yeah. do. Um, so the actual number of episodes is somewhat more, I suppose. which I, I is honestly, why we're doing I this. I kind of
1: thought mine would be less in that, like, you know, there's episodes where I've like taken time off or... Uh, sure. But, but then I remembered, you know, there's two summers where... Yeah, you, you know, covered I, for me. I'm just helmed this whole ship on my own.
0: Alright, so and if any own. listener wants to go out and count those up and tell us what they are, we could we could find out. <laughs> please, Otherwise please don't. We're probably not going to do that. <laughs> I mean I'm not telling you what to do. You do your thing. You <laughs> do whatever it is that makes you happy. But um uh, yeah, so we've got some monologues, and I know I talked a little bit about you know what what's come before, what uh, is yet to come. You had thing. a
1: very organized monologue. Oh, thanks. I'm, I made notes. I have to ask. Okay, you had notes. I did. That's why I had talking points. <laughs> yeah. You've I, you've made it very easy for me to edit your oh, monologue. I'm
0: glad to hear that. Did you get out the ums and the like long pauses?
1: I got a. A lot of the long pauses. Okay. I kept a lot of the ums just because it's part of your personality. That is
0: part of my personality. I do not speak forthrightly. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But
1: I, I kept a, I, I took out a few of them and yeah.
0: I... Um, when when, when I, I start a long pause with an um, you yep, probably took that yep, one out. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, that's a thing that we did. But uh, more recently, uh, can I tell you what I did? Please. Well, number one... Uh, when like, I was how de- recent
1: are we going right now?
0: Okay. So uh, there's what just happened. There's what happened on Sunday. And there's what happened on uh, Saturday. Okay. So Saturday, I went out to uh, the Deschutes River. Ooh. Went for uh, a 10-mile hike with Adele. Adele and yes. I went out, and we uh, were going backpacking on the Pacific Crest Trail this summer. And so we wanted to test our stuff and see how it went. And so the Deschutes River Trail goes from the Columbia River upriver
1: Oh shit! Oh hey, we got mail now. <laughs> Never mind. I forget. Mine just goes to. The, mine doesn't stop at the end of the song. You got a playlist because I just made a playlist. Yeah, yeah, and so mine will just go to the next. The ne- and it's on shuffle, so it's out of order. It's all good. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, sorry. Um. So you were at the Deschutes River, and you were you were hiking with Adele.
0: Yeah, the Deschutes River Trail is, um, it's a trail that goes up the Deschutes River and it's uh, mostly, I think, like horseback and bicycling and some people walk it, but uh, it's not a huge backpacking destination. However, it is also a place where people go to fish and so some people will backpack up and camp out and fish. Some people will drift down the river and fish from their boats and that sort of thing, but we did 10 miles up and we went to the abandoned ranch that's back there. We saw this building that's in italics that's leaning over. So that was fun. But, uh, yeah, uh, just trying out the pack and seeing if all the stuff that we have feels good, if the pack itself doesn't make us hurt, if we can actually walk, like, a certain distance in it. And so that was good. Uh, We got to watch trains pass. And the cool thing, I didn't think about this, but there's a train track on the other side of the river from the campsite that we were in. Uh And when there's no, like, urban area, there's no reason for the train to, like, sound its horn. No oh. crossings or anything. So we just got to watch like two or three different trains over the course of the day go upriver. Yes. Yeah. Not and silently, just, but just making train noises without yeah. the horn. And it was kind of cool. So uh, all those uh, all those foamers out there uh, <laughs> would have been in deluxe heaven. It was fantastic.
1: Or disappointed because I know like they like the horn.
0: They do like the horn. So maybe not. Maybe, they, yeah, it depends on how you observe it and what you want to see. But, yeah. So that that was cool. But, uh, yeah, went out, saw some lizards, saw some snakes. Uh, that was fun. So, uh, but, yeah, so that happened. And then I also went to the Beer Mongers in Southeast Division and 12th. As we were coming back from this adventure, we uh, we borrowed a car for this, and we drove out, and we did our hike, and then we drove back. Uh, we stopped at the Beer Mongers at Southeast Division and 12th to pick up the beverages that we're enjoying tonight. Oh, so, right on. Yeah, they're a great place to go, uh, especially after a long hike If uh, if you've been out in the woods for a couple of days and you're like, hey, I am back in the city, and I could use a refreshing beverage. They are a good place to stop because they have, uh, what is it, nine taps with the potential to go to 11, and they also have so many coolers full of delicious, uh, tasty things. And uh, what are you – you're having the sip?
1: I'm having the sip Mojo Berry, which,
0: which – Yes.
1: It, I think if I remember last time I had this, I was like, this is this reminds me of something, and I can't put my finger on it. Now can you and put your finger on it? A little bit. Okay. And I think I've talked about this once. What is a mojo berry? Uh, I don't know what a mojo <laughs> berry is. It's blackberry, mint, and lime. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I talked about this drink once before, um, at least once I know of. Okay, uh, and that is Fago's Rock and Rye.
0: Oh, right. It's got some something it's, similar to that. It's
1: very similar to that.
0: Right, right, right. So it's like a it's a Jugalow cousin. That's fantastic. It's I'm like the cousin
1: the cousin that, like, um, you know, like the first <laughs> to graduate college and, there you and, go. and go on to college and graduate. and then, It's the like,
0: classy one.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh, what's what's Cousin Mojo Berry doing? There oh, you did go. you know he's, like, out traveling and he's working for a <laughs> telecommunications company? He gets a new phone every day. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's what this is.
1: Congratulations, Mojo Barry! You've made it. I, n- I knew you could do it. That's
0: right. Yeah, <laughs> going to be the uh, the, the uh, what do they call the valedictorian of its soda family. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that happened. But yeah, one of the things that happened just uh, just an hour ago. Yes. So you came in to do your monologue, and right. I was going to so wait. I was going to give you some space, so you had time to do that.
1: You're just hanging out at Stormbreaker, or?
0: Well, I went to I went to Stormbreaker, and they were closed, so I went up the street to Crowbar on mississippi avenue okay. and i got myself uh got myself an ipa and i sat out and i was reading the book that uh, david howell wrote which uh, he's coming in this summer to talk about his bicycle tour yeah uh so i've been reading his book and uh, i would have written it i written ridden it like a bicycle i, w- I would have read this book sooner except uh, adele snatched it and uh, read it first <laughs> and so she's right. had it for some time and and now i'm just about to read it. she's been raving about it she says it's great and so i've been uh, i've been anticipating the time that i get to read it. So i sat down and i was going to read this book and i'm at this bar in like a bustling metropolitan district and there's this guy that walks up and there there's like one guy that said, "Hey, can i use your table to store my beer because you can't hold your beer on the sidewalk. It's it, you know, it's like an open container sort oh, of thing. Right, you can't right, right. like stand on the on the sidewalk and drink a beer." So he said, "Hey, can i put this over here?" And he goes to stand on the sidewalk so he can smoke with the bartender. And then this other guy walks up and He's a little bit drunk, just a little lit. Okay. And he says, hey, uh, do you guys know how to, like, contact, like, this building up here? Because he's got a friend that lives in the in the apartment over the bar. Okay. And it's got one of those, like, locked doors so you can't just walk in. And, and it doesn't,
1: like, have a buzzer on the outside? Or?
0: Well, so he left his phone at home. Okay. And apparently, from what we can tell, this guy, turns out his name's Ted, and... uh he left his phone at home, and so all of his life is on his phone. He doesn't know his friend's phone number. He doesn't know a lot of things about how to get in touch with his friend.
1: I mean, all of this is making sense to me. Like, I don't right. I don't even know my own girlfriend's number.
0: Exactly, and I was, you know, he knew his wife's number, but he wasn't going to go there yet. <laughs> okay. Also, he lives, like, what, four blocks away, but he also wasn't going to go there yet. Uh, so he's making his he's making his case to this guy who's standing there kind of enjoying a smoke with the the bartender and saying hey can i use your phone and when he says can i use your phone he means not just like can i make a phone call because he doesn't know his friend's number but he's like hey can i use your phone to log into facebook with my account to look up my friend's number Jeez. and so they're working on this for like Five to ten minutes. And I'm sitting there enjoying my beer and reading my book, trying to read it. But I'm also distracted by what's happening sure, next to me. Sure. And so I realize, here's this guy. And so at some point I lean in and I'm like, hey, do you want to use my phone? Because I figured they, this other guy didn't ask for this. He's not like, he may not be game for this whole experience. Right. And the,
1: he's, he's outside enjoying a smoke. Right.
0: You know? Yeah, which is ostensibly your time to relax and right. kind of disconnect from something. But uh, he's, he's cool with it. And so I just kind of sit back and let it happen. And so the bartender goes back inside. Um, this other guy is still kind of hanging out with uh, with Ted, who's uh-huh. just, like, you know, looking for for information that he's not sure how to find exactly. And so they're kind of – they're working through things, and I'm kind of half eavesdropping, half, like, acknowledging this. I think at, at before the bartender went in, I, like, made eye contact with her and just, like, we, like broke out laughing. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is happening right now. <laughs> and she was like, I know, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, eventually I offer, I think this guy, Ted has a cigarette that he wants to light and he's trying to light matches, but he's drunk and oh, probably no. high. Yeah. And so he can't get his cigarette lit. And so I'm like, here man, have a lighter. Okay. And so he's, he's like, thank you. And at this point I'm kind of involved in it. And so we go from, first of all, the guy who's helping him out tries to send an email To this other guy because he has the email address and he's like, hey, your friend Ted is looking for you. (laughs) And so then they have to like hang around and like this guy is now tied to Ted until his friend emails him. Oh, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Although he's also catching a bus. And so that's coming at some point. (laughs) And so (laughs) there's this weird social situation. Uh, But we go back over the door and you asked about a buzzer. Right. And there is actually a buzzer with like an alphanumeric, like like a keypad thing and like the directory of people who live in the building. And so he knows his friend's name, but we scroll through the options, and I'm watching and then, him try to do it, uh-huh. and it's not working. And I'm like, is he just too drunk to make it work? I don't know. Right. But now the three of us, and so, like, uh, we we all introduce each other. We're, we're like friends now. We're like part of this thing that's <laughs> right. happening. And It's kind of like a yeah. stuck in an elevator kind it of is. situation. It is. It is, except I Holy. got into the elevator. I could get out of the elevator at any time. Right. So, yeah. Uh, at least it's not a television show in which we look back on the years in which we had, like, you know, other, other <laughs> adventures right, together. Right, Remember right. we had that apartment on, uh, like, Southeast Ninth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, I say, hey, can I can I give it a shot? And I look, and the directory doesn't have his friend's name. It's, okay. uh, it's a name that's not in the directory. So we try calling the, like, the office thing that's in the directory. Sure. And that goes to voicemail because it's, like, Monday and it's, like, 6 p.m. or right. something. And so uh, that doesn't work either. And he's like, well... I do live four blocks that way. I can just go get my phone. (laughs) He's brought this up several times, but he doesn't do it. I think he's enjoying, like, the space he's in or whatever. Sure, sure. And so he's like, I'm getting you guys all drinks. And so he brings out, like, shots of whiskey from the bar, and we all hang around and talk about things. And, you know, uh, he's kind of directing the conversation uh, randomly from one thing to the next. And we're, we're hanging out and kind of talking about things, and me and the other guy are connecting kind of, like, as we are. So, anyways... That all happened, and I think the moral of that is that if you open yourself up to other people, if you're present in the place you are, and you're willing to take pl- take part in whatever's like going down around you, you can have interesting experiences. And for me, that's the biggest reason. Phones are great, but you shouldn't stare at your phones all the time. Books are great, but you shouldn't stare at books all the time. When something's happening, and you think it'll be fun to be involved, maybe you should be. Maybe you should get involved. Yeah. So I did, and I, and I got a free shot of whiskey out of it. Yeah, so, how yeah. about that? <laughs> exactly. So that's what happened before I got here. So, that's anyways, great. yeah. Anything you'd like to report on your week from? Well, it's
1: kind of kind of something similar. So i I got to meet Heinz Stucke.
0: Heinz Stucke. he's yes. famously the guy who has lived on a bike for like fifty years. Fifty years yeah. on a bicycle. It's a I, long time. I bought
1: his book. I got him to sign it.
0: And he was uh, where? Where was he?
1: He was at Clever Site. Okay, he showed yep, up there, yeah. He did a, he did a talk there. Um, he is actually sponsored by Brompton now. And that's, that's pretty cool. That's how he's doing, like, these tours of bike shops.
0: He deserves it. Uh, I mean, he's yeah, been doing yeah, it totally. long enough. He deserves a free bike. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. But one of the main takeaways I took from that was, from his whole talk, one of the main themes was kind of similar to what you're saying, is, like, um, you know, if you open yourself up, the experiences with other people, you know, you you'll have great stories in the end. Um and you know, he's he's had some pretty difficult times too. In fact, I guess fairly recently he got his teeth kicked out e. by by some ne'er wells Yeah. Wow.
0: Just by yeah. like miscreants? They're like
1: I don't I didn't hear the whole story. You're an old he guy. Yeah, he didn't really share that Beat My Shoe. That's but, that's a terrible story. Yeah, that's Ow. terrible. But um uh, he also has like a ton of great stories, I would imagine um and all of them you know he points out it's all because he the destination or his mileage or his where whatever he's doing, you know on the bike comes second to what is happening in front of him with the people that he's running into like uh yeah, like people first destination biking second yeah right and you know he said there there was just countless times in his life where he had a goal in mind of like you know how far he was going to get to in a day and just you know maybe not even get there in a week because of just other things that have happened yeah you know in, in the intervening time of getting there
0: right that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like like that really is the goal. And like I feel like a lot of what we talk about and what we have talked about is like cuz we could give a shit about bikes in some sense. It's like we we talk about like all the technical stuff, but also like the bike is there as a tool to get you to really cool interesting experiences. And if it takes you out of the mainstream of culture, if it makes you a bit uh, a bit apart from like what most people are doing, if it gives you time and space to experience things that most people wouldn't get to experience that I feel like that's kind of what we're aiming at as far as why you should ride a bike. Yeah. And that's kind of the, yeah, that's the simplicity aspect in some ways. So that's, that's super cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was really neat. Um, I, I got a little bit jealous in well, I wouldn't say jealous. Cause it's I don't okay think, to be jealous. I don't think I, I don't think I could be a world traveler. But there's certain countries that I would like to bike through. Right. And maybe or you there's should. at least certain areas that are in other countries that I would like to bike through. <laughs> I um, like
0: this area of your country. I'm going there. Right. Now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It was, it was, it was a really cool experience. Um, went there, went, then went to the concert with you guys. Oh, um, right. And we saw. Immediately after. Uh, Deep Sea Uh, Diver. Yeah. And Lost Lander. Sold out show. Yeah. I was really impressed with Lost Lander. Yeah. They put on a great show. They, they put on an excellent show. Oh, yeah. You know, um, Laura Dobson of Deep Sea Diver—you could totally tell she was having fun up there.
0: Right, right, and uh, she was like sick too. She was drinking tea.
1: <laughs> yeah, she was like harassing the audience about it.
0: And I get the sense <laughs> that she would be drinking something else stronger if she was like playing a regular show. Right, but like right. she still put on a great, great performance. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah,
1: it was great. It was. It's yeah. a lot of fun.
0: Guitarist uh, from uh, formerly from uh, backup for Back, right? Was she? I think she played uh, guitar for Back at one point. Wow,
1: that wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, and then what was her gig before this? She Uh, was in The Shins. The Shins, right. And
1: that's how I found out who Deep Sea Diver was. Yeah. Was, you know, uh, I think it's their last album so far. Um,
0: Okay, yeah.
1: What is that, three, four years ago maybe? It's been a while. Um, Yeah, just the sound and the effects and the way – the guitar was played was so much different than any other other albums nice and you know i i had to find out who it was
0: and you rode your bike there and I, yeah, <laughs> that's I a thing you can do that's a
1: thing i can do go can see do live it. music by bike by bike yeah 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 it made me that more than the heinz Stuka thing actually uh-huh. made me jealous really was yeah it was i was missing those days i don't know I got maybe a little more nostalgic than I should have been.
0: Hey, man, <laughs> nostalgia is good for something. If yeah. nostalgia drives you towards something you like, uh, I think that's a good, uh, that's like a, a homing beacon.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm still not like seeking out any bands to play in at the moment.
0: One step at a time.
1: But yeah, it's, it's you know, it's just, I, I I realized I missed it a lot more than... I thought I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, uh, and that is all of my weekend. There we go. Well, I, that's a pretty I spent, good weekend. I spent all of Saturday kind of recovering. <laughs> I don't know how late <laughs> you guys were out, but, um, I left early and I still like, I got, I got home like maybe two.
0: Yeah. It's, it's uh yeah. It, and when you go out to see music live and then you bike home. It's like there's uh, that, only so much time.
1: That whole next day, I couldn't believe how worn out I was. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And then we 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 did some monologues.
0: Right, right. We got that. And you got some audio from Hein Stucke as well, right? I do. Yeah. Yes, it's
1: in my bag. Cool. I did so the recording there. Maybe we'll uh, uh, play
0: some of that as well.
1: Yeah. I will say I did not get his permission. Right. But it's a public speaking gig. The, I would imagine the only people who would have, because it wasn't, it, no one paid admission for this.
0: Would it be mean to say yeah. that maybe he doesn't know what the internet is? I mean, he does, but like. Oh,
1: here's an interesting yeah? story. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm in, I'm, I'm just kind of <laughs> clueless uh, as to time and place sometimes. Do I tell. Gave him, I gave him some sprocket stickers. Okay. I'm, I'm
0: like. Wait, is he like. What's a podcast?
1: Oh, he he cut me off in mid sentences Was and was like, yeah, I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. I don't do anything like that. All right. And I was like, okay, well, here's some of our stickers, anyways. Was, okay, thanks.
0: Nice. Well, we could assume that, like, <laughs> what he was saying, <laughs> like he was such a tool. <laughs> he intended for a public audience. <laughs> yeah. And so he'd probably be okay with us sharing this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah We're gonna yeah. go off of that basis, I
1: guess. Well, and and like, you know, if I had paid admission. To like see him talk, right, right. Maybe I would have a bit more reservations about recording it. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, I the only people I think that would have any qualms with me posting or recording him would be the good people at Clever Cycles. Which, there we go. You know I can always ask. Or there we go. Or ask ask forgiveness. Forgiveness. Yeah. Afterwards.
0: Are you okay with the acoustics of your shop being re-broadcast here? Perfect.
1: Um, Yeah. Oh, but an interesting thing, there was a guy from out of town there, and he asked me, so do you know any place around here where I could get a beer or two? Why, yes. (laughs) Yes, you do. And I had to leave the room. She started (laughs) laughing. What did you say? I said, well, around here, yes. There is a place called the Beermongers. It's on 12th and Division. So just go up two blocks and then over a few more.
0: There you go. It's
1: right on the corner. Perfect. If you want something to eat, there's a great uh, burrito shop right across the street. You can bring it into the bar. They have no problem with you eating there.
0: And all of this is true. Yeah. Yeah. The Beer Mongers, Southeast Division and <laughs> 12th. <laughs> well, should we go to the monologues? Yeah. All let's right. Let's do that. Fabulous.
1: Uh, monologue, 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 monologue. I originally wanted to talk about, um, sort of depression and cycling and sort of what I've been, um, uh, I don't want to say struggling with cause it's not what it living with, I guess. It's... Yeah, it's not like something like I'm not on the verge of like yeah, offing myself any day uh or at any minute uh or ever. I should clarify. Um <laughs> but nervous laughter. I also, you know, want to acknowledge that it is a, a part of me, um a probably a part of me I've had all of my life but have never really acknowledged until the later part of my life Uh, and the funny thing about it is I would probably credit the bicycle more than anything else as a way of dealing with that and in that it's an engagement it's a it's a way to get outside of my head it's a way to be connected to something even if it's just the gears and the machine itself although sometimes it's more you know when you're uh, when i'm out in nature um and, or even just around in the city you know feeling i feel pretty connected to yeah just to to my own city um I wish I really had, like, some technical information for anybody. Um, I don't. I don't have a lot of research to back up my claims. I can only tell you that, in my experience, I have been outside of my own thoughts, out of my own sort of darkness, most easily when I am engaged with something for me, it's the bicycle. Um, maybe for some people it's, you know, going out to the gym and, and doing Taibo. Um, and that's enough. In all honesty, I think any kind of physical exercise is probably anyone's best bet to, to get outside of that loop. So that said, like, I often feel like a bit of a fraud in that sort of the unspoken role I have here in the Sprocket podcast is to kind of be the sidekick, the funny man, uh, the Ed McMahon, the Andy Richter. And I am totally cool with that. It's a, a talent that I have, um, not just to make people laugh, but to kind of, find the little something in a conversation and and sort of twist it and and find the, the I don't know the weird funniness uh, of life in a situation or a conversation I don't I don't mind being the funny man um, and yet there's often this this strive and I think that's sort of where the the depression comes from uh, or one of the many. Uh, avenues that it kind of creeps up on me is there's this drive to like always wanted to be taken seriously. Like why can't I be like taken seriously? Like all these other people. Yeah. And so, so this sort of like push pull thing happens a lot. Um, I often chafe against being described as a funny person, even though (laughs) it's probably, I would say, 90% 90% of the people listening to this are probably uh would describe that would be like the first thing they would describe me as is uh, is like oh Aaron Flores from the Sprocket he's you know he's the funny one <laughs> it's it's uh yeah it's just this weird dichotomy um that I live with I love what I do here I love the humor I find in, in the conversations I've had, I am so grateful to have met the people that I've met, um, in my short time here in the Sprocket podcast. Um, and I don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not quitting. This isn't an end to speech or anything. Uh, I am, I'm looking forward to what the future brings. I just, I also, have to be honest i think coming up on well our 300th episode which means i've done 200 of these episodes uh as well you know give or take cuz you know there are some that i i was either working or or whatever but yeah i i think i to be honest and and to i don't want to say come clean cuz it's not like i'm hiding anything but to at least like acknowledge that it's there like you know I don't have my shit together. <laughs> I don't I don't uh I don't think I've ever claimed to, but I also really uh want to have that out there. So that none of you really think like, you know, maybe one day when I get my shit together, I'll I'll do this thing and you know, and and things will start really Falling in line for me. And it's not how that works, I think. I think doing the thing that you like to do is the way you're going to get your shit together. And we may not always get our shit together. It may not. It's probably, at least in my experience, like I have this ideal of of what people are like or what people people do or who people are, um, you know, the people I interview, um, the people around me, you know, just, you know, you have this image of say a fellow school bus driver and oh, I bet they go home and, uh, he, you know, maybe sits back with a beer and hangs out with his kids and, you know, he's got, he's got it all together and, while I know rationally, none of us do. It's still, like, one of those things that, like, it's just kind of always there, like, think comparing myself to other people, um, thinking everybody else has their shit together, and, and I'm the only one in the world who doesn't. Um, and I think the statement in there it just occurred to me. So there's a statement in there, like, I'm the only one who's who doesn't have their shit together. Uh, I think a lot can be taken out of that. When I'm isolating myself from other people and saying like, I'm the only one who X, Y, or Z, that's when it's time to kind of get out of that headspace to, to get out of my own train of thought. And of course, like, you know, you can't just always, well, I'm just gonna hop on my bike and, and I'm gonna ride, you know, it's, it's not all that convenient. And sometimes like you just don't have the emotional energy to do it to get out of there, but it happens that thing that depression um, it happens and it sneaks up on us and I've been lucky I've been pretty fortunate that I haven't had to do any real drastic measures, you know, and I hope anyone who's kind of been struggling with depression or has a history of depression doesn't take this as me like denigrating anybody who's um you know needed to take drastic measures like by all means like the whatever shape of help you take is the shape of help you should get because any help is better than no help um and and, you know I'm not a I'm not a mental health professional so I can't say what works for everybody. I can only say, like, I know what works for me. And that is, yeah, going out and riding most times. There are some times where, you know, especially, you know, I think I've mentioned a, a little bit on the Ronde, you know, when I'm comparing myself to other writers and seeing how, you know, quote-unquote easily they take a hill and you know, I'm struggling. And again, it's maybe that, that self-made isolation that, oh, I'm the only one who's really struggling with this hill when in, in all honesty, you know, it could be those who are up ahead of me are like, oh man, he's really taking his time and I've got to book through this hill because if I don't, you know, I'm going to be really tired and he's got all this stamina. He's just going to take his time with the hill. I don't know. Again, it's it's all a matter of perspective. Um I need to brush my teeth. Oh, hey, yeah, I'm gonna reveal a little bit of secret. Why I began saying brush your teeth, which by the way, that's my saying. Brock took it from me and I just let him have it. But I started saying brush your teeth first. So just just so y'all know. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh Yeah. The reason why I started saying that is just it was a random thing that I thought of um, as as a way of, I don't know, trying to be unique and trying to um, sign off in a unique way, you know, as opposed to just saying, oh, good night, folks. Or, well, thanks for listening. And just one day yelled, brush your teeth. And it stuck and it kind of became our our thing. Um, oh and and go to bed is kind of a similar thing that actually came from uh, some days I would uh, tour with this band that I was in and we would finish a show generally with just kind of like letting our amps feedback and so you have this sort of like general drone of feedback going on and we would just be like okay everybody time to go to bed and we would let our amps like drone with the feedback and We would just walk off stage. And then, of course, you know, you have to come back on and turn off your amps. But anyways, uh, that's kind of where that came from. I do so much better if I had, like, some questions to answer or if uh, if I had somebody else to bounce off of. I'm not a good monologuist, if that's a word, which it probably isn't, but that's what I'm going to use. Mainly because I don't prepare very well. I just kind of, I'm an ad-lib person. Uh, I have lived my entire life off the cuff. Um, and that's just how I do it, because planning is for suckers. And then I wonder why I'm lost in my own city that I live in. Uh <laughs> I got Heinz Stuka's autograph. I went to go see him at Lover Cycles. Um, he is a very short person. He had a lot of good stories. And hopefully the recording that I made will um, appear. Um, I Honestly, I didn't get his permission. Nor Clever Cycles. But... Got his autograph. He... He's a he's an interesting guy. He's got a lot of good stories. Um, I can't say I was like super insanely jealous, but it did kind of, um, in a way, uh, kind of threw me for a loop in that everything I was taught as a kid would tell me that this person is a loser. And... I mean no malice towards Heinz in saying that, and I don't think that he is a loser personally. It's just that it goes against this sense of, uh, of what I, you know, what we're all brought up in. And that is, you know, study hard, get a job, get a good job, get your house and kids and, you know that is success. Uh, you know, make make yours while you can. It was it was challenging in that I knew that that's I've I've known for years that that's not the path for me. I don't have a house. I've been renting my entire adult life, probably longer than I should. I don't have a wife or a children. I don't intend to have a children. But there's still that, I don't know, that upbringing that's really hard to get past. Um, I'm lucky enough to be in a generation that doesn't see monetary and material success as success. But there is still this innate sense that I haven't quite achieved. If that's a, if that's a word. I mean I know it's a word I mean if that's the appropriate word I mean I just want to say I am very grateful for everybody here who listens who continues to listen I long for many years of making all y'all laugh perhaps even to bring some insight into this world thank you all for listening thank you all for supporting us and um go brush your teeth and go to bed.
0: Alright, so here I am in the garage, and this is the first time I can think of, boy, aside from recording liners or the occasional thing back when we were on x-ray, I don't usually sit down in front of the mic and talk on my own all that much, so this is a different format than I'm used to, and I guess a different format than you're used to, but at the same time, it's kind of nice just to sit down here, I can talk about whatever I want. No one will interrupt me. I don't know. It's been about four and a half years coming up on five, but as everybody knows, the 300th episode doesn't necessarily mean that we've been at it for five years because there are 52 weeks in a year, plus sometimes we do two episodes a week. Um, there's, there's a number of things, a number of reasons why. Well, yeah. But timelines, disregarded. It's been a long time. This is, uh, this is a healthy portion of my life. When I started the show, I was let's see here, 2010. I'm going to do math live. I was 28 years old. Now I'm 33, so this is uh, this is a different era of my life, I suppose. I mean, in many ways, things have changed. Uh, when I started out, I I owned a vehicle, uh, I owned a car. Actually, I owned two vehicles because I also owned an RV, and I got rid of both of those in 2010, 2010. 11, I think. I was part of a car share for many years. Uh, These days, I I just rent from the big companies whenever they're around um, or whenever I need them. But, uh, yeah, it's been nearly five car-less years. And we've had the whole discussion on the show before about car-free versus car-less. I think think technology is an excellent thing to make use of when it helps you do something cool and when it doesn't come at the larger expense of society or of, of people you know um, or people you don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's good to have options. Really. It's not net. It's not necessarily, I don't know. I mean, I've come around on a lot of things since we started talking into microphones five years ago. And a big piece of that is the whole, you're doing it wrong thing. First guest we ever had on the show, Russ and Laura from the pathless com. Uh, fantastic people, fantastic adventures that they've had and it's been super cool to follow them over the years, but, um, they were the first guests we had and they talked about running into a guy. I think this is detailed in a blog post of theirs who saw that they were using something or other, they were using flat pedals, I think. And, uh, I mean, I'm not into the SPD, the clipless shoes, all that stuff. Um, I like having normal streetwear that I can walk around in all day and then get on the bike and go. And so did they. And so, um, they were told one day by some fellow on a bicycle that uh, they were doing it wrong because they weren't wearing clipless shoes, and I mean, I think for many years I used to swing in the other direction where I said, "Hey, you're doing it wrong, man. you the guy with the clicky shoes that those that those those are dumb. Stop, but when it comes down to it, I mean, everything that's been invented was invented because someone found a use for it. Uh, and everything that was sold was sold because at least one other person found a use for that thing. Um, and I don't think the lines can be as clean cut as I wanted them to be when I was younger. Um, uh, the older I get, the more I think that there are many perspectives. The more people we've talked to on the show, the more I think that I would like to have a generous perspective when I'm talking to people. And I, number one, I have to assume I'm not right all the time. And maybe I'm right much of the time. I'd like to think I am, and you may beg to differ. That may very well be the case. But I also want to think that uh, I don't know everything. Haven't got it all figured out. I can still learn from people, and I can still uh, I can still adapt and change. So in many of the that affects many things. That affects many of the, uh, the issues and topics that we talk about. But not the least of which is car ownership and uh, whether or not you own one. So. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to own a car. I still kind of, I look at trucks a lot because I'm like, I could put my bike in that and I could go to cool places that I can't get in a day on my own bike. Uh, Cause I don't have as many, you know, four day, five day weekends as I used to, but yeah. So I've changed in that way, at least anybody who's listened to the show, I'm sure would also remember that, um, I used to have a monotone and I probably still do. I mean, to an extent, but uh, I was pretty flat tonally when I started speaking into microphones for fun. And now I've found even in everyday conversation, I have so much more variety, so much more dynamic in the way that I speak. And uh, I don't know, it's nice to have a reason to talk out loud. And um, it's nice to have opportunities to practice expressing yourself. So that's something i appreciate about uh, about having this venue and about people listening to me damn it's it's crazy just like <laughs> people listen to this that that is weird i don't really i don't stop and think about that too often when we have other people in the room but now that it's just me i'm essentially talking to myself except i'm well i'm talking to you but uh it it's a strange thing for me to sit here and speak and for you on the other end to hear that and Think about it and agree or disagree, and write in, and uh, eventually send us money when you feel like it, you, the show has enriched you in some way. That's that's super cool. It's uh, it's a very humbling experience, and I am uh, I am very grateful for that from 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 you. So thank you so much for listening. It means the world. So, I guess there's a couple of things I was thinking about talking about while I'm here in the garage by myself. Um, simpler living. And we always we have that as uh, you know the show is about largely uh, bikes, transit, and simpler living. And everybody knows what bikes are, and everybody knows what transit is because everyone's ridden the bus or the train at some point. Um, simpler living is an elusive thing, and it's we don't call it simple living because we're not talking about like living off the grid. Although I would love to explore that with someone who is doing it. I'd love to, to have a conversation with someone who's lived off the grid and what that's like. But, uh, but at the same time, we're not talking about one kind of simple living. And I think early on, like when I talk about, there's not just one right way to do things. And, uh, I'm not always right. And someone else isn't always wrong. Um, the reason we talk about simpler living is because it seems like it's kind of a direction. It's, uh, it's kind of moving against the cultural tide that pushes us towards having more things and doing more things and being busy and all that stuff that, uh, that kind of keeps us farther and farther away from our own personal sense of humanity. Like we're farther away. It seems, uh, when we go along with the flow, we do what most people in our country, well, my country, the United States, if you're somewhere else, then look in and pity us. Maybe your country is doing better, but, uh, simpler living to me, seems like it's a direction. It's uh, it's an idea that whatever i 'm doing now, I could probably do less of it and be happy i could I might even be happier very much so and for me, bicycling was a lot about that. It was the idea that i could uh, i get on a bike and i wouldn 't be sitting in traffic uh, at least not nearly as much i 'd be having fun when I was on the road i 'd be getting exercise uh, I would be actively participating in my environment and you know connecting having an experience in my environment from home to work and work to home and uh, work to the bar and the bar to the library and the library to the grocery store. Um, I can't think of a day that went exactly like that, but you get the idea. But simpler living, the the idea is uh, downscaling, getting rid of some stuff. Uh, what did I say one time? It was uh, I was thinking about this as a tagline for the show, but we've never really done it. Uh, but uh, you know, try something that makes you uncomfortable. Get rid of some shit you don't need. Ride your damn bike. And those are things that, uh, to me, kind of it seems like that's what simpler living is all about. So whether that means that I stop uh, I stop buying as many foods and foil packages and I try to grow something in the backyard, which uh, I tried to help that. I, I'm not a gardener, but I helped uh, housemates many times over the years uh, to kind of try and coax a seed to grow out of the soil and produce some kind of an eggplant or something. And it, you know, it was fun. I remember cooking, uh, cooking broccoli greens before I realized that kale and broccoli are essentially the same plant. I was taking the leaves off the broccoli plant and, uh, stewing them up in some oil. And I was like, Hey, uh, this is a part of the plant I wouldn't usually eat. And I think I'm doing a good thing when, uh, when I use the whole plant. So that was fun. That was, uh, that was super cool. Um, so there's that, um, transit, uh, and, and transportation with a bicycle. That's something that I already mentioned, I guess. Um, phones talk a lot about phones. We just had David in here and the the first episode of the whole thing was, was me talking about not liking my phone and how I tried to get rid of it and how I tried to minimize it in my life so I wouldn't be distracted from what was happening around me. And it's interesting thinking about that then, because back in 2010, well, the iPhone was only a couple of years old. And it was still really weird, the concept that we'd carry these rectangles around and they would tell us all these things. And, and even the idea that you'd go somewhere in public and, and people would be looking at a kind of thing instead of like looking around or looking at each other or looking up in the sky and seeing whatever was happening there but times have changed it's now 2016 and uh everyone just about everyone has that little r- the rectangle and it's kind of a it's a distraction for many of us and so again not not about doing it wrong it's not about yeah, I wish that everyone took those rectangles and threw them on the ground. They all got little spider webs of cracks across the gla- the glass screens. And I mean, yeah, that would be it'd be interesting. It'd be it'd be hilarious if there was a mass revolt and everyone just threw their phones on the ground. But we're too connected to them for that to be realistic. But I don't think it's as important that uh, that you do or don't have a smartphone as it is that you think about how. When I say you, I mean me. That I think about how. I'm using it. And, you know, is this something that is taking me out of the present? Is it something that's, uh, reducing my amount of connections with people in real physical space around me? Uh, I mean, sometimes it's nice to have, uh, an escape vault. Like, uh, I don't know. I was bike camping last weekend and there was, a uh, an exuberant young fellow from another country who was bicycling down the coast and I was super happy for him. Super glad he was having that experience. Also didn't really want to have the conversations at the time. I was, I was out of the city to kind of get away from it all. And so at the campground, I, you know, I I put in my earbuds and I was listening to music and, and he walks into the camp and we've already said hi and everything. But when he walks back, you know, I, I have the earbuds in, I give him the simple wave and I say, Hey, you know, enjoy your night or something. And I've got my earbuds in. and It's kind of like that shorthand, you know, that's a way to, uh, it's a way to get out of a situation that maybe you don't want to be in. Um, so I don't know what that means, but, but I do think that, uh, be, be that an example of good or ill, there are ways in which the phones help us and they enhance our lives, and then there are ways in which the phones distract us. They take us out of the present and they make us uh, less, less engaged with what's happening around us. So there's that. Another thing I think about is uh, professional advancement versus doing what I love. Number one, is it mutually exclusive? You know, I, I, am working more than I used to, uh, these days I pretty much have a full time job. When I started the show, I was doing, what is it like 35 hours a week or less? Um, I'd probably work five hours a day with a big old lunch break in the middle. And it was nice cause I got to go do chores and everything and I got the summers off. So I got to go out and do the bike tours that you guys have heard some about and, um, yeah, now now I'm kind of moving up the ladder, and that means that instead of of like two and a half months off, I get one month off, and um, only three weeks of that will be travel this year. And uh, it's not that I don't love it, but it is different than what I used to do. Um, I I think uh, this is probably, many of you listening are probably older than me and remember a point in your life where things changed and you had to take on more responsibility as well. And uh, maybe I'll always look back on on this segment of life and say, Hey, I really wish that I had, uh, I, w- I wish that, uh, I had stayed in the woods and, uh, hadn't gone back and, uh, you know, I, I could, uh, I don't know, take cans to the recycling or something and, and get nickels for them and buy food. But at the same time, I also realized that I do kind of love what I do at work. Uh, it, it feels nice to be involved in an organization. It feels nice to be more important, to be considered to be somehow essential to the operation of that, op, uh, of the operation of the operation. It feels good to contribute. And, uh, yeah. So I guess the balance with that is what, uh, what do I do? Uh, when it comes to like the money that I make, obviously some of that has to be stashed away for the future. Um, I find that just like, uh. The proverbial goldfish grows to fit the tank that it's in. Um, My salary goes up. I remember back uh, years ago when I was only making, what, like $1,500 a year. And now it seems ludicrous because I'm pouring all this money into my bike, pouring money into travel and fun adventures, and pouring money into technology so I can listen to music in in really high-tech ways when I get home, or low-tech ways so I can buy more vinyl records. Um, I don't know. I mean, at a certain point, I'm sure I'll probably have children in a couple of years. And at that point, we're going to be spending money on diapers and mashed up chickpeas and, and uh, you know other assorted foods. And I'm going to be taking the money that I was funneling into my record player or money that I was funneling into a fun but unnecessary adventure. And that's probably going to go into buying some diapers. But uh, I, I guess we'll find that balance. I, the question I think, that's still on my mind about that is like, how much of that can I cut now? Am I spending money that I don't necessarily need to spend? Could I be laying more away for the future? And some of that comes back, I think, to simpler living where I'm, I'm paring down, uh, following Thoreau's example of, uh, living in a small house with uh, small pieces of furniture and getting rid of some shit that I don't need. So maybe, maybe the stuff that I should get rid of is not the stuff that I have, but the stuff that I want, I should get rid of the, uh, the urge or the desire for them. those are, those are things I think about with work, but, uh, I think I'm less of a hippie than I used to be and, uh, admiration versus emulation. Um, I always liked hippies always have mostly still do don't really like drum circles, but, uh, but the ethic of someone who is, uh, I don't know, they're more apt to dance and they're more apt to, uh, get into music and sway back and forth when they hear a song they like, um, I've never had dreadlocks. I wanted dreadlocks at one point. Uh, that seems simpler in a certain way. Um, but uh, I've never been the white guy with dreadlocks, and maybe that's okay. Uh, I, I think that I admired hippies because I saw their values right on their sleeve. That being said, you know, there are as many people with trust funds that just wanted to grow dreadlocks and have uh, weird adventures at Burning Man. I don't know. And I, there again, I go talking about Burning Man where I'm sure the core of it's actually pretty cool, and I just have a skewed perspective of it, just like many things. But I hope that uh, I hope that what I like about hippies has somehow made me a person that's like a hippie. I hope it's made me uh, like the person that, that I want to be. So, never had dreadlocks. I guess the last question that I can think of is, will I ever sell out? I should ask Aaron about this because, I mean, he knows a lot about the history of the term "selling out" and whether you were punk enough to to be considered punk, or whether at some point you you went commercial and you sold too many records and everybody stopped listening to you. I don't know, but selling out just like uh, like talking about work. Yeah, uh, now that I'm spending more than forty hours a week at work, uh, have I sold out? I don't know. Um, I don't feel like I have because I'm still doing what I love, but but then there's that question, like, will I sell out? And if, if the goal is simpler living, I guess selling out means like a more complex life in some ways, and life itself is complex and will continue to be complex, but it seems to me that uh, if it's all about direction, I, I want to keep on going in the direction of a simpler life rather than one that's more complex, needlessly complex at least. I don't know how to change diapers. I'm going to have to learn. There's no way around it. But yeah, selling out. Again, if I get a truck, is that a, is that a sign of selling out? I don't know. I don't think it is, uh, as long as I'm not using it to commute to work every day. But it's hard to say. But it seems like, it, for me and for you, there's something inside of us. There's, there's, a, there's an inner compass toward what seems to be right. And we, we could probably talk and argue philosophy and, and, uh, however you think about life and, and morality and everything. Uh, we could argue that till we were blue in the face and we'd, we'd have different positions and different opinions and we'd probably never wash out. We'd probably never see straight with each other, but I don't think it's so much about, again, about whether or not I'm right or you're right or we're both right. But what, what does, uh, to, to quote a, an incredibly cliched phrase, what does your heart tell you to do? Like, what, what feels good to you on the inside? What seems like you're doing it right to you? And uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be open to other opinions, but I need to look at what's inside of me, what my values are, what my desires are, my dreams for, for what I want to do in life, and say, am I following those dreams or is somebody else calling the shots for me? There's certain things that... I guess you can't, you can't call the shots on like we're always going to be taxed and we will always die. Death and taxes are two constants, but in as much as it's possible, it seems to me that if you're, if you're doing what it is you love, that's not so bad. That's not a bad life. So I hope I do that. And I hope you do that. All right. I've been blathering on for a while. So thank you for, uh, thank you for listening to me. I appreciate the um, appreciate the platform. I appreciate you as a listener that uh, you've stuck with us this long. Even if you just found us and you've been with us for two episodes, you could have turned it off after the first one you heard. So thank you so much. Uh, happy 300th, everybody. I'm, uh, I'm going to finish this beer that I got from the beer mongers at Southeast Division and 12. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Uh, headlines? Headlines. Here they come.
2: What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. It circles around the city lights. The just fast we, into the we got
0: calendar and we got headlines.
1: Yes. First up, June 10th, the Little Lebowski Urban Achiever Ride.
0: Anyone who likes the cult hit, the, the Big Lebowski, gets to go on the Little Lebowski Urban Achiever Ride on June 10th. Featuring my sound system. And your roommate. Yes. Yeah, Jeff is uh, playing the role of the dude this time around. So, yeah, that's happening. Uh, June 11th, the uh, last the Bowie last Prince ride. The very last
1: Bowie Prince ride. Yeah, uh, and I'm, you're going. I'm going as Prince. Yeah. And, and I... Well... I already started, so now I'm going to say it. Anna is going as Apollonia. Oh, really? Yes. Wait, so this is
0: a reference I do not know because I'm not a huge fan. from the movie Purple Rain. Oh, really? Okay. And,
1: and we're going to get an extra cycle so we can... Really? Yeah, so we can both ride.
0: That's together. cool. <laughs> Wait, so is uh, is she going to ride on the back or are you going to ride on the back? We'll take turns. Is this a matter of debate?
1: <laughs> uh, she's she's actually much better at, at driving that thing than I am. Okay,
0: so the long tail, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean... You have experience driving large vehicles now, so maybe maybe that would help. <laughs> it might. We'll Who knows? Take your turns wide. Take all the space available to you for the turn. Uh, June 11th also, grilled by bike. That's uh, before the Bowie Prince ride. Yes. Uh, Eric told us about that last week, and uh, that's a thing that you should not miss if you are in town. Grills, yeah. bikes, food. Uh there are our vegetarian grills if what? you do not eat meat. What, as you do, do not. You need, I do not. Yeah. And, and you can rest easy knowing that the grill is gonna be clean. Yes. No meat will have touched that grill.
1: Um last time they had a pineapple machine, like a pineapple slicer oh, like yeah. core machine. And there's nothing really better, awesome. Right? Oh my gosh. Grill <laughs> pineapple grilled is amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I had dried pineapple for lunch today. Oh, really? It's not anything near grilled pineapple. No. No, No, sir. Uh, June 15th, the pollen ride. Yes. And I just got together with uh, Gerald this last week to figure out how we're going to run this thing.
1: Okay. I think it'll be fun. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So anyone, you, you yeah. will be able to do this? Then? Oh, yeah, okay. easily.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a ride, you know. Uh, but we're going to have uh, a couple of special features. So anybody who is plagued by allergies, anyone who knows someone, anyone who's an ally of or an allergy anyone person. anyone who's just
1: curious about allergies. Are you allergy aller- curious? Aller- Would
0: you like to have allergies uh, and you don't? Uh, come on this ride. We'll see if we can hook you up.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. We'll come sneeze on you.
0: That's right. It's going to end with a group sneeze. So... <laughs> Uh, just to, awesome. just so everybody knows uh bring your handkerchief june 18th third annual
1: bike mechanic challenge that's
0: right we've talked about that it's at Velocult. uh cost admission if you're in the bike industry you get a discount and you get to watch people wrench on bikes competitively yes. which is cool
1: i i still i'm i kind of want to be a contestant just to see how i measure up
0: i i would like to see <laughs> even though, like here fix this bottom bracket <laughs> i'm yeah. like fuck I'm, i don't know <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Guess I'm not a mechanic. I'm done, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. And then, Uh, lastly, sometime in July, what? Sometime uh, in July. Date I couldn't find. Let me. Let's do it live. Try it real quick here. Uh, I would find that under. Should be like news or something, right?
0: Blog. Uh, uh, Probably not. Maybe I'll cut this out. Let's
1: check their tweets. All right. Um. I will at least tell you the details, and that is, uh, Clever Cycles is putting on the Brompton Urban Challenge. Um, oh, I know, I can find this.
0: Should we go to the Brompton website?
1: We'll go to my email because there we go. Guess who's already registered on a team? You've got mail. Hey. <laughs> You've I've got, got registration. my own yeah. registration personal <laughs> email thing. Hey,
0: I can see your email on my screen. Oh, that's right. You can and see, I can all, see all the emails unread, that you ever read <laughs> all
1: from these me. Unread. They're texts, <laughs> though. They're, oh, oh right, right, there's right. a Never couple mind. unread. I, I just uh, don't, don't, don't worry about those. that. Yet. Don't look at those. Uh, the Brompton Urban Challenge. Oh, yeah. July 16. Oh,
0: right, because that's my birthday.
1: Oh. How can I forget? Happy birthday, right of Brompton.
0: There we go. All right. So that's happening. Uh, yes. On my birthday, ride a Brompton, and this is the Urban Challenge. So,
1: it's kind of like organized in a, in a similar fashion as Bike Scout. So it's like a scavenger hunt around town. It's a photo town. scavenger hunt around town. Yes, and as Teams far of as I know, four.
0: Right, only one person has to have an actual only Brompton one bicycle. Has to have
1: a, but if you register and you rent a Brompton at Clever Cycle, yes, your rental is half off. Really? Wait. I should double-check that before.
0: <laughs> before. <laughs> We've heard the a rumor.
1: podcast said it was half off.
0: We've heard a rumor.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> quote me <laughs> on that.
0: But, I, yes, that's a thing that could happen. It's, it's in the yeah, realm of possibility. Yeah, um, Either way, if you're in town, you want to compete in this uh, scavenger hunt, that's cool. Yeah, we bumped into Anna at the store, and she was shopping for groceries. Adele and she were standing in front of the Lufas and talking oh, about right. the Brompton Championship. Not, not the championship, right? What's it called?
1: The Urban Challenge?
0: The Urban Challenge, yeah. And then somebody showed up and, like, really wanted a Lufa, and they both had to move. So that <laughs> that's my story. <laughs> and then I bought some Viso, which is a fantastic energy drink. Have I mentioned that I've the been conversation,
1: saving <laughs> the conversation ended when someone else wanted a loofah. That's right.
0: I've been saving caps to viso bottles because when you get a hundred caps you get a hat.
1: Oh really? Yeah,
0: I just got to a hundred and one yesterday. Ooh. Yeah. So anyways,
1: that's a thing. Okay. Um I'm not gonna say how much your Brompton rental is. I know Okay. I know that they are incentivizing it in some way so in some way one way or in some way
0: yes that's good <laughs> to know it's good to know because people <laughs> <I've> want incentives
1: <laughs> suddenly lost my grasp on language
0: hey we've got some headlines
1: let's read some headlines hey
0: the columbia gorge express opens up areas east of portland to carless people
1: yeah yeah
0: the columbia gorge express uh listener brian Blanc worked on this and also former guest brian Blanc. i think he oh, yeah. came in when you were not here because he- steph was here
1: was he PSU grad student at yes. the time? Yes. Yeah. And he was yeah. working on some
0: other mobility projects. But uh, We
1: met him at, was it a bike scout like two years ago? We met him somewhere it...
0: together. <laughs>
1: it was at VeloCult, but I, I can't do not remember, remember the what details. the event was. Right. Yeah. Many good things happen at
0: VeloCult. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the com. That's how you find the information about it. It's a bus service now that runs. From Portland, starting in Gateway Center, which is, uh, I think we mentioned a long time ago, the spawn point of the Juggalos. Right. <laughs> uh, but, yes, it's, uh, it's somewhere in East Portland. It's not too hard to get to by public transit or by bicycle. You can catch the bus from there to, what, Rooster Rock and also to Multnomah Falls.
1: That's amazing.
0: And we talked to uh, uh, Kristen Salmon from ODOT about this a couple weeks ago, a month back now. And, you know, eventually they're hoping to expand this service so it connects to Hood River. Because that's another cool spot with, like, there's beer there. Yeah. Yeah, including the Freem, uh, Freem IPA, which I had earlier today, Ooh. which is fantastic. Uh, so, yes, someday. But right now, you can take your bike, uh, three bikes, on the rack. And as I understand, if uh, if the, the rack is full and there's room inside and it will not obstruct anybody else's needs, including uh, ADA Access, Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, there might be room for even more bikes. Really? It sounds like they're willing to work with you because here in town on TriMet, you can't take more than two bikes on any bus, and those are buses that hold like fifty people.
1: And they are rarely that full. Right, right. But this bus, they, they, they are. But
0: this bus, so it seems, is willing to work with you. So three bikes on the rack, and others as allowed. Nice. But uh, yeah, that will help you uh, if you're planning to go somewhere in the gorge. That's a great like head start. If you want to go to Thunder Island Brewing. Yes. Which we, we enjoy.
1: Which we might, we might do.
0: Sometime. Someday, yeah. That, that cuts your distance in half.
1: Oh, should we mention that that my brother called? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll paste some of that <laughs> okay. in. We
0: might make that an extra episode, 300X. <laughs> 300X. x <300X-mas. okay. laughs> Yeah, uh, Dan Flores on the phone. It was good,
1: good times. It, it relates because we talked about going to... That's right. Thunder Island.
0: So, anyways, that that is active. It started uh, like last weekend or something, and it's it's just like it's rolling now. So, uh, Columbia Gorge Express, and it's open for the summer season. Awesome. And if you go out and ride it now, that means that it'll come back next year for more.
1: Yes, create the demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Create the demand so they will keep the product.
0: Totally. And then uh, WBUR in uh, the East yes, Coast.
1: Yes, they cover the move by bike in Portland. Yeah, Josh G. Thanks to Josh G. He Hooked us up with a story. This article. Public radio um, uh,
0: covered a move by bike, which is, uh, I got the notification here for the shift now. list. Yes, Yeah, here and now, which is a huge program. It's all over NPR. Uh, this was one that I had the invite to, and I know this guy who moved, but uh, I did not help, which I feel badly uh, about. Uh, but they covered it. And, uh, you know, it's uh, if you can do this, why not?
1: Is that, the, is that Timo right there? It probably with is. The, with the mattress?
0: Yeah, Timo is like a man that. about town. He's yes. uh, he's the one in charge of bikes here in this town. Yes, among others.
1: <laughs> nope, only him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so,
0: yeah, that was uh, pretty awesome. So, with that, we did not help with the move by bike. We did but not. in lieu of that.
1: We got mail. Hey, we got mail. All right. Tim from Shift shares the can opener hack. The
0: can opener hack. We talked about this. How many this.
1: times have you been out in the woods with canned goods, if and only... then realize, oh wow, this is a video. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me let me finish what I was saying. <laughs> How many times have you been out in the woods with a can of something, and then realize you have no way of opening it?
0: That's right. Uh, there's these guys. This is my Russian friend,
2: and his laboratory have a lot of tools. And I'm gonna do only most epic experiments and awesome building stuff with him once a week or twice a week. So might as well you should go and subscribe to his channel and there's gonna be awesome stuff. So today we're gonna do how to open a can. Any kind of can like this one. Or maybe just a regular one. Yeah. Without no can opener or any kind of tools, no knives, no nothing. Just hands and a piece of concrete. Check it
0: out. <laughs> so, in the zombie apocalypse, I'm trying to survive. I use that as the, as the sound bite. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Basically.
1: So, you just grind it on the concrete and You
0: grind it down, yeah.
1: It eventually like pops the seal.
0: Then you have tuna. That's how canned vegetables and things work, or, or salmon. <laughs>
1: That is very intriguing. Boom. That's right. (laughs) The cat scene. That's that's disgusting. Okay.
0: So you want to see more of this? That's a thing that exists on the internet. But yeah, seriously, it's like it's like those newfangled can openers. Have you seen those? Like there's the old style that cuts the tin.
1: Right. And then there's There's the the new style that just separates the seal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's what these guys are talking about. You can do that with a rock.
1: That's so pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I I prefer the can opener. Like it seems like it's faster and, and easier. But if you're stuck with canned goods, especially if you're bike touring, this is a thing you can do.
1: If you recall, um, our last night, um, on our Crater Lake trip, yeah, we bought a bunch of canned goods, oh, and a couple of them didn't have the little pull tabs. Tab. Yeah. yeah, we were like, whoops, what, what are, we are we gonna we do now?
0: If only we had known this secret then, you can grind your cans against a rock. Then we
1: wouldn't have met the the friendly dude in the RV.
0: That is true. Yeah, we needed to have a reason to go over and knock on the RV door. Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yes.
1: Next up, Jim in New York talks about getting into a collision, observing a grief- and our influence on his thought process. Yeah,
0: this is Jim Gooden from oh. New York and he uh uh basically he's been off the bike for a little bit. Uh I think he had some issues uh just like him dealing with like the, the the danger and uh I, he got into a crash. Yeah. Which put him off the bike for a bit. Ugh. And the same day that that happened, someone else died on a bike. Oh jeez. And so yeah. um uh, that's uh you know uh that, that's a sad thing to deal with. Not only just like, like it sucks to get, to get hit and to get hurt when you're out on the road on your own, but also to know that, you know, this is, I don't think bicycling is a fairly, like, it's not a dangerous thing to do, but things can happen like they do in other parts of life. And, you know, for that to be the case and also for, you know, say that two collisions happen, you're the one that made it. The other guy did not. and. I don't know, It just, uh, Jim was saying like, you know, he had to take some time to step back and think about that. And, uh, he, he said, thanks to us for, you know, continuing to talk about what we talk about and, uh, continuing to say, Hey, this is a good way to live. This is a good way to get around town. Um, so Jim, uh, wish you the best. Um, I hope that, uh, I hope that your, your mobility continues to be simple and that uh, you continue to get joy from moving places and going places. So yeah uh, and that goes for everybody really you know if if you experience a setback and you are out there and it's like in the moment this sucks um that that is valid that could be, and it'll get better,
1: yeah I'm reminded of one uh, in uh her first interview with us um Maria sure, one of the things she said um when she she Sustained an injury and, um, couldn't bike for a long time. Uh, and her physical therapist said to her and she took this to heart and repeated it on the podcast and I take it to heart as well. And that is like, there's no, there's no bike ride that is too short. Yeah. You know, even if all you can do is get to the end of the block on your bike, you've at least gotten to the end of the block on your bike.
0: Totally. Totally. And there's no shame in saying, Hey, I don't want to do any more right now. Right.
1: I mean, even if like just sitting on it and deciding like I'm not ready yet, you've at least taken a step. Totally. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. And Jim, uh Jim has worked with Joe Maskey, who uh we've had on the show before right. and is coming back soon. Uh Jim uh Joe has a new book out and Jim did uh, I believe Jim did some of the audiobook stuff for that. Correct. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. So um he was saying that one of the quotes from uh, from Joe's book is "It's sad to see someone not get back on the bike." So, uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. the idea. Yeah,
1: yeah. Is, no, no guilt or shame in, intended, Jim. Right. But uh, in the meantime, like I, I am pulling for you.
0: Seriously, right? we're uh, in your corner. Yeah, we're in everybody's corner. We're we're here for you. So, yeah, thank you, Jim, for sharing that. Uh, Chris in Denver shares his self-defense strategy. It's pepper spray mounted on the handlebars. And he was uh, saying he's not uh, he's not anti-knife or gun, but he says, hey, this is a good way to basically, if you don't want to stab somebody or shoot somebody, uh, pepper I, spray. I
1: don't want to do either of those things right. either.
0: Pepper yes. spray is a thing that you can use to create distance between you and whatever uh, whatever's attacking you, be yes. that a bear or a person with ill intent or, uh, or a wild cat or something. So, uh, yeah, he mounts it to his handlebars. And that's a thing you could have. I, I've been thinking about that because that would be a good thing to have in the woods. Yeah, and I'll be in the woods for a bit. Just
1: be sure you're not biking while you spray the pepper spray on your hand.
0: Right. Be aware of spray, physics. Spray Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, that's a good tip. I mean, you know, that's uh, I, I like. Uh, I like nonviolent approaches. I don't know exactly how nonviolent uh, pepper spray is, but it's certainly it's, it's certainly less, less violent, violent than stabbing yeah. someone. So yeah.
1: <laughs> sure. sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, swiftly.
1: A classy transit app.
0: That's right. They're uh, based out of San Francisco, and they're launching in Portland. They're also, uh, I think the app works in several other select cities, but uh, kind of like, have you heard of Waze? Yes. Yeah, it's the one that reports traffic accidents yeah, on highways I'm and constantly,
1: things. I'm constantly trolling them by turning it on <laughs> and then biking somewhere. <laughs> Well, we suggest you take the i5. Well, I'm taking these side streets. There you go. And I'm going like 15 miles an hour. Perfect. There must be traffic on these streets.
0: <laughs> wow, so you could use ways subversively. <laughs> Fascinating.
1: I, I don't know what kind of data they're pulling from me. I mean, we don't I get uh, some I get some uh some self, I don't know. I at least enjoy some kind of satisfaction that maybe they're, they're like, getting all the wrong data.
0: We don't condone me. that you mess with big data. We're not saying <laughs> that you should go out and uh, alter the data that goes into servers yeah. for the public good. That would be wrong.
1: But <laughs> all, the, all of a sudden, like, our, our web page just goes down unexpectedly. <laughs> what happened to the sprocketpodcast.com? <laughs> I'm not sure. They just
0: disappeared. I'm i going to the beer mongers at Southeast Division and 12 <laughs> to think about this for That's a while. That's right. Uh, no, but— uh, Well, if you
1: can't find us on the internet— <laughs> you will eventually find us there.
0: But, uh, swiftly is, uh, basically taking transit data and doing with that, uh, what people have done with ways where it's kind of like crowdsourcing. Like we know what the official line is on how long this bus is going to take, but like how long is it actually going to take and what's happening right now that might affect me. Mm-hmm. And so that's a thing that's happening. Uh, so we appreciate them reaching out. Uh, if you want to check them out, uh, Google swiftly, because that's a thing that you could use. So yeah, iOS eight or above. I, don't have that, so oh. I can't use it. But, uh, but I'm interested. And you for, should update. Yeah, well, I can't. Oh, I have a four, <laughs> iPhone four without Siri. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. Thank you. Well, hey, that brings us to the end, right?
1: I guess it does, right. doesn't it? Hey, should we? Oh no, they're yes. back. <laughs> yes, we should.
0: Let's all hiccup together.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, should we have a? Uh, a theme but uh
0: well since it's episode 300 should we do it like uh, gerard butler in 300 like
2: <laughs> tonight we dine in hell
1: <laughs> did you ever notice he kind of had like half a lisp in that
0: i did not oh really? i did notice he was like irish or something and it was, it was ancient yeah it Greece. was a weird accent yeah. that but was, i mean it's the movie it affecting also it was a comic
1: yes well it was a before, comic, it, was before a movie. it was the movie yeah yes and uh, the comic was okay. The movie was awful.
0: Shite? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, is that, is that our that's, theme? That's my opinion. Shall we do we doing it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Let's shout as though we were Spartan.
2: <laughs> our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to the sprocket Podcast. At gmail.com Call or text to 503-847-9774 Twitter At Sprocket Podcast Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music bird for our headline sounder Marcus Norman for graphic design And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Johnny K, Shadowfoot Katharina Mellumgaard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson Cameron Lean, Richard Basinski, Tim Mooney Orange and purple, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Jim Gooden, Eric Weiss, Doug Cohen Miller, Todd Parker, Scott McAllister Morgan, Chris Gonzalez, Dan Gebhardt, Zoe Campagna, Andy Brunner, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar, Matt, Patrick Archane, Sebastian Poole. Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew Alderson, Drew the Welder, Anna, Krista Skookis, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, Shelley and Troy, King of Division, Josh listen Richard G, Guthrie Strong, Christopher Barnett, Brandon Shelby, Campsite, Aaron Green, Mackner's David, Catherine Minchin, Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, now this is sparta and go to bed